Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The winter virus season is here or coming. COVID and more pediatric ICUs are over capacity in Ontario with rising numbers of viral respiratory infections happening in other provinces as well. And the Ontario Chief Medical Officer of Health will tomorrow be calling for masks to be worn indoors. Not a mandate, but calling for it. And there are questions about vaccinations and booster shots and combining vaccines, COVID annual flu shingles and, and others. Dr. Isaac Bogosh is my guest, infectious diseases specialist at Toronto General Hospital, associate professor of medicine at the University of Toronto. We'll be taking some calls from you as well after my conversation with Dr. Bogosh. So uh, the question that's going to circulate, circulate, and you know this better than I, is what real difference will masks make? There are different types of masks. These are questions that have evolved over the last two years. There are different types of masks. The masks themselves aren't at least some of, some of the time properly kept virus-free or clean. Masks go into pockets with keys and loose change, and then the same mask is worn dozens or more times. So what's the upside, really, the real upside of wearing a mask? Yeah, I mean, I think we just have to be totally honest and transparent with people. Like, we're obviously at an individual level. Masks aren't perfect. At a population level, masks aren't perfect. We've known this long before COVID-19. Having said that, if you put on a mask in an indoor setting, you're going to reduce your risk of getting infected. And when I say getting infected, there's a long list of viruses that are circulating now. Of course, we know of COVID. We know of RSV, also known as respiratory syncytial virus. We know of influenza. But there's a bunch more as well that we don't talk about that are still around. You'll just reduce your risk of getting infected. And some of these are pretty nasty. And stating the obvious, if you can avoid getting infected, you should avoid getting infected. Then at a population level, too, again, we know masks aren't going to halt a wave of a virus in its tracks, but it will take the edge off a wave. And at a you know community level, that matters. And that's important because, as you just pointed out, you know, our, our hospitals are stretched, especially the pediatric hospitals, and uh, that reduces the risk of transmission in the community. It's not amazing. It's not perfect, but it does enough that it will probably take some of the burden off. Okay. Along with the mask um, message, the message is also roll up your sleeve for COVID booster shot, for the annual flu shot. And then, you know, there are other vaccinations that go along that people require at certain times in the year or times in their lives. So what do you do about that? What, what's the advice about, you know, mixing it, not necessarily mixing and matching, but having a lineup of vaccinations that you require at one particular time of year? Yeah, I think it's important to take a step back and look at, you know, what's the goal here? We know there's definitely a flu season and we're in it. And you don't want to get the flu if flu can knock you on your butt and can, you know, kills about 3,000 Canadians a year in a typical flu year, kills about a half a million people per year in a typical flu year. And we're going to have a typical or a more nasty flu year. So, you know, this is avoidable. Again, it's not perfect. It doesn't eliminate your risk of getting the flu. It just reduces your risk of getting the flu. And if you do get it, you can mitigate the severity of symptoms. Get a flu shot free, widely available, safe, and it does the job. And then, of course, there's other other vaccines as well. And some people say, well, what I need a shingles vaccine. I'm supposed to get a whooping cough vaccine. Great. Does it, you know, if you want to get it at the same time, you can. But there's nothing, there's nothing that's, uh, usually these are 
you know, vaccines you need every 10 years or there's a massive time. So if you don't want to get it at the same time and want to come back a month later or two months later, that's totally appropriate. I mean, you can you can do whatever you like. It's important to get it, though. But the real key thing here that's time sensitive is there's a lot of COVID circulating right now. There's an increasing burden of flu circulating right now. It's important to get those vaccines. Okay. And the hospitals are really under stress, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And especially the pediatric hospitals. I mean, I'm, I'm on call this weekend. I'm covering several hospitals in downtown Toronto. It's busy. It is busy, and there are respiratory viruses that are coming. So what are you seeing? What, when, you see, when you see a child come in with a respiratory virus, like you just said, what, 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 are, what are you seeing? What, what, is, what are the symptoms they're showing? Let's, let's tell people what's actually happening. Yeah, absolutely. So for starters, just to clarify, I deal with adults. Uh, okay. Well, adults then. The yeah, sure. But even kids. I mean, it's not, you know, it's fever, cough, shortness of breath, a wheeze. And, you know, many people might be seen in an emergency department, they might get rehydrated and they're okay enough to go home and recover in the comfort of their own home. But obviously, if some people need uh, assistance with uh, oxygenation and they need supplemental oxygen, you're coming in. If some people are just sick enough where they just can't maintain their hydration on their own and they're just too weak and unable to eat and drink and, 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 maintain, and care for themselves, you're coming in. And, uh, you know, we see in the adult hospitals, we certainly see a lot of that. Um, uh, and it's a lot of it's not all of it, but a lot of it is preventable. A lot of these are vaccine preventable hospital admissions. In the pediatric world, unfortunately, a lot of this is driven by RSV, and we just don't we don't have a commercially available vaccine. We probably will in the next year or so. This has been around for millennia. It's a nasty virus. It's been known to cause problems in little kids and older adults for ages. And the vaccine is most welcome. We'll probably see one licensed in the next year. So there's been some incredible progress over the last decade, especially over the last few years for this. Okay. So there, there's a term that I, I had the story in front of me, and I've done something with it. It drives me uh, bonkers when I have a piece of paper sitting in front of me, and five seconds later it's gone. And I, I, I don't know where it's What's gone because like? I haven't moved. <laughs> Roy, if you were to look at my desk right now, I'm just in my office in the, the hospital. It's like papers everywhere. Okay, I've got to good, take the shovel here. So I know what you I, I can empathize. Good. Well, well I'm glad. Um, so, so we have this, uh, this theory that's going around. I, don't, I forget what the term, the term is. But it has to do with um, with uh, being vaccinated and not vaccinated and uh, having protection or not having protection. And there's debate about whether, you know, what's doing what for. I'm not doing a good job here. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I oh, think good. you're referring to wow. something that sometimes is being referred to as immunity debt. Exactly. Thank you. So, you know, for starters, it's not the best term. It's kind of inaccurate. It doesn't portray what... Uh, I, I think it's a bad term, and uh, you know it seems to be a polarizing term. And I, I appreciate that it's 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 not the best. So the question is, why are why is everyone getting sick right now? One of the and and the short answer, let's just use the term uncertainty. We don't know entirely. There's several theories. We'll probably have a better idea uh, moving forward. And it doesn't stop us from doing exactly what we should be doing, which is putting on a mask in an indoor setting and getting updated on our vaccines, which will help alleviate illness. But I digress. Immunity debt. One, so the, the real question is, is this because over the last couple of years, we just haven't seen and ex exposed ourselves to the same degree of infection that's normally done? And again, I'm not saying infection is good. We don't want people to get infected. We absolutely don't. But you can't ignore that in the past, there's lots of pediatric infections. And when you reduce that, 
uh, and then uh, an immune-naive population gets all infected at the same time, you're going to see what we see now. That's one theory, keyword theory, okay? It doesn't mean that your immune system is weaker or, or atrophied. It just means that there's not the same degree of community-level protection because many of these kids haven't seen the same degree or frequency of infections that they would have normally seen in a non-pandemic year. That's one theory. Another theory is because there was such widespread COVID, does COVID do something to our immune systems and dysregulate our immune systems to some extent? And that creates uh, a, uh, an environment where we're more susceptible to severe infections. So the short answer here is there's no conclusive answer. These are just theories. We'll probably have a better understanding of what's driving this in the next, you know, in the months or year ahead. But having said that, regardless of what's driving it, you can reduce your risk of severe illness by getting vaccinated for the flu or COVID and by putting on a mask if you go into an indoor setting. Yeah. About a year ago, I was just looking at this. About a year ago, you and I were talking about an Angus Reid poll of Canadians, 70% of us, said uh, the unvaccinated should lose their jobs a year ago. Not a fan of that. That's a year ago. Remember that? Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, obviously, it's different times. Different times, for sure. And uh, I mean, in health, listen, I work in a healthcare sector. If you're going to be working with the vulnerable, if you're going to be working with people who are going to have a bad outcome if they got COVID, you've got to be vaccinated. You do. You absolutely do. Um, and that's extremely important. Uh, but it's interesting because, you know, I mean, I don't know, there's so many different angles to go down here, but one of them was earlier on in the vaccine rollout, the vaccine did a remarkable job in preventing infection and onward transmission. And as the virus evolved, we lost, didn't eliminate, but lost some of that protection against infection and onward transmission. But the vaccine still did a remarkable job in standing up toward preventing people from getting seriously ill, landing in the hospital and dying. So some of those policies about, you know, get a vaccine to prevent transmission, some of those policies became less and less relevant as the virus mutated. That's one angle, but I'm not sure which approach you want to take for this one. You can talk for days. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.